Hey, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of the Tragedy and the Triumph podcast. Uh, we believe that through the power of story and through the blood of Jesus Christ, that any obstacle in your life can be overcome, that all it takes for you is to find hope in the name of Jesus, that there is power, strength, and peace available to every person that would dare to call on his name. And today, I am just thrilled to be joined by Philip Carlson. He's with Men of Valor out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Philip, how you doing today, man? Doing well. How are you? We are all good and just honored that you took some time today to, to be with us and to share part of your story. So yes. I... Uh, I just want to dive in here and just kind of, kind of, kind of tell us, walk us through your journey, man. You, uh, you grew up in Nashville, is that correct? I grew up in Mount Juliet, so Mount just Juliet. 20, twenty minutes east of Nashville. So. Okay, yes, but, sir. But been a Tennessean your whole life, big balls fan. <laughs> Vanderbilt, so Vanderbilt. Yeah, All let's right. go, Vandy. I'm from here, so you know, every now and then, once a decade or so, we get to beat Tennessee and. In basketball, and that's it. So, yeah, that's it. That's pretty good. Bit. That's pretty good. I, you know, it's a bad time to tell you that I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, so I'm a big uh, Crimson Tide guy. Man, but uh, uh, number number one seed this year, so man, we'll see. who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Every year I'm disappointed, though. Every year I'm disappointed. <laughs> man. So I can we'll feel see. that pain. <laughs> so hey, Philip. So you grew up in 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 kind of the heart of Tennessee, and um, uh, tell me what was uh, tell me what was childhood like, man. Yeah, childhood. Uh, I had a great childhood. Raised by both parents. They were married for uh, 31 years. Three brothers. Um, one older, two younger. So the two younger ones, there's, there's a gap, a seven or eight year gap before they came along. Um, so me and my older brother, man, we were raised in Mount Juliet. Um, my dad coached us in all our sports, whether that was uh, soccer, which he didn't even know anything about, but he learned he learned what he could so he could coach us. Um, baseball. It's pretty serious. Um, Christian schools went to DCA and uh, okay. which is Donaldson Christian Academy, and then uh, transferred from there to Mount Julia Christian Academy. Um, so really good childhood. Good, good childhood. childhood, and and uh, and you've got a story though, man, of uh, of of redemption and the story of 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 the power of Jesus in your life, though, right? I do. I do. Yes, so 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 you started this great childhood, great great home. I think. Your, your dad founded Men of Valor, the organization that you're with, even right? He did. So, 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 what's walk us through the transformation? And the reason that I say that is, you know, part of our audience, it's not just about the overcoming; it's about way. If we could stop this before we ever get there, how okay. do we ha, walk us through kind of kind of the circumstances in your life uh, that that kind of led you to a point where you were in in dire need of the of the power of Jesus, man? Absolutely. So um, started at an early age, um, 14 years old, um, got in with the wrong crowd, even at a Christian school. Um, it started at a basketball game. I remember like it was yesterday, one of my teammates, older brother, um, before the game, he had some weed, uh, invited us to come out to the car with him. And we did um, smoked it. Liked how it made me feel. Played a terrible basketball game, but uh, never really stopped smoking weed. Um, started drinking soon thereafter, um, taking pills. Uh, all while in high school. 
I mean, yeah, well, middle, middle school, starting in middle school, right? Okay, so starting in middle school, um, and then my life of crime began very soon thereafter. I started using drugs, um, got arrested at 15 and got locked up. They sent me to juvenile, um, and it, it went on for, for 20 years, really 20 years of, of drug addiction, um, in and out of incarceration. Um, I would have a year or two clean on the street, um, doing well, and then we'd get back into it. And the incarceration came again. So, so twenty years of of, of this struggle with addiction, which I'm I, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, man. The, like the addiction was leading you to 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 rob, to steal, to do whatever you needed to feed the habit. Is that right? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, I stole. Um, Thankfully, the Lord was, you know, looking out for me. After we're looking back, hindsight, obviously, yeah. it's 2020, right? And his hand, just seeing now his hand protecting yeah. me, but also keeping me, because of the way I was raised, keeping me from doing certain things. I'm grateful. I never stole from my family um, or, or really close friends, but anybody else, um, a lot of victims, a lot of victims. Um and yeah, it all stemmed from drug addiction, every bit of it. If I never, if I never got high, I wouldn't have done the things I was doing for sure. Because I'm not getting high now. I'm clean now, and I don't do that. 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 <laughs> yeah, you, you know, a lot of people talk about like marijuana being a gateway drug. Do you do you buy into that? Do you believe that? Do you not? Without a doubt, that's a fact for yeah. me in my life. I'm 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 sure I get. I don't. know. I guess there's some people out there that that can smoke a little weed and and stop there. Uh, sure, I, that was never that was never my story. Never part of my story. Yeah, because it always every time even every time I relapsed, it always began with weed again. Yeah, yep. And you know, you, you know, the interesting thing is, it's like it 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 kind of is like dancing with the devil because you don't know what level of addiction you're going to have, right? Until you kind of dip your toes in the water, you said, right. hey, well, I kind of liked how it made me feel, right? Yeah. And, and and like the struggle with addiction is always, at least in my in my estimation, there's always something else going on inside of you that leads you to addiction. You know, yeah. that could be family history, background, trauma, you name it, you know, maybe your own image or, or you know, view of yourself or, or, or even just, man, I want to fit in. Right. I want to be part of the cool crowd. I want people to like me. Right. right. I know. In my, I, you know, so there's always something that's the underlying. And it's like you're dipping your toe, your toes in a in a lake that you don't know if you're going to drown in or be able to swim in either. You know, sure. Yeah. I've heard it said because um, I went to rehab and in rehab, the counselors tend to say the drugs aren't the issue. The drugs are the solution to the issue. To what it, obviously a temporary nonsensical solution, but the issues that are going on on the inside, the drugs are used to cover that up because you do feel good temporarily. And so whatever, you know, self-esteem issues or wanting to fit in or just whatever it might be, the drugs take all of that away very temporarily. Yeah. And then yeah. the consequences come. Boy. Those are, those are never fun. They are never fun. Never fun. And they do. You know, the drugs do numb it for a minute. They do, but it doesn't solve the problem, does it? So, Not even close. Yeah, yeah. So so 20 years of, of, of back and forth, incarceration, 
struggling with addiction. Um, you know, I, at least for me, and I don't know if this was you, but but so many of, of my friends, when I chose to stop using, when I really, when, when God really got a hold of my life, uh, all of a sudden I didn't have the friends that I had before. All of a sudden they weren't sure they wanted to hang around me. Was yeah. it like that with you at all? So I'll tell you what happened with me this time where it's actually, you know, I, I got serious about the Lord. Got yeah. serious about his word, got serious about meeting him there and getting to know him and, and, and allowing him to be the Lord of my life. When that happened, I was incarcerated um, this past time. I've been out for two years now. So that was a three year stretch I did in county jail. And uh, that's what I needed. So all of my friends obviously weren't there for me then, my so-called friends. And getting out, I just never reconnected with them. So once I got out, I stayed away from Facebook, still not on it, social media, all of that stuff. Just for me, that's just an introduction to allow them back in even just a little bit yeah. where they can just see what I'm doing and allow, giving them an opportunity to reach out and contact me. So I just stayed away from all of that just to just, to, you know, keep that temptation or that, that, that possibility of them coming back into my life. So then the people I choose to, to put myself around, my mom told me my entire life. Um, I didn't listen until I was about 34, but my entire life, my mom told me, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah, so that's good. That's good. Today, my friends, um, which I have a multitude of, God has put so many people in my life that I just can rely on that are pursuing him the same way I am and, and mentors and just all of these people. God has just put in my life that love me. And they 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 care about my well being, and they want them. They they ask me, "How are you doing?" And they mean it. Um, so yes, the, the the friends play a huge role, and and the, the lack thereof, the, the people from the past that are gone now, and keeping them out of my life, man, it's it's massive. Yeah, I you know I always I always say to people, you know, I, I know that you have friends that you love. But there are friends that that pull you down, or there are friends that 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 push you up, and yeah. uh, and and you've got to decide which they are. And then second to that, you've got to make a determination that you got to guard the influencers in your life too. And it's not, man, man. Listen, part of part of following Jesus is that I want everybody to know Him. I want everybody that I used to that I used to struggle with. I want every person that I know you know, struggle with drugs with, I want everybody that I know to find Jesus, sure. but, but you got to monitor those, those relationships so yeah. that you can have enough strength to move forward yourself too, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it kind of, kind of interesting. You, you grew up in a, in a Christian home, which by the way, I did too. Okay. And uh, you, you grew up in a Christian home. You had kind of you were instructed and like, man, these are, th this is kind of the right way to go. You chose a different path. And probably if I'm guessing over the 20 years kind of bounced between, yeah, I'm man, man, God, I need you. And then, uh, then, then, then maybe kind of, kind of falling back in and, and feeling like, man, I blew it again. Yeah. What uh, is that true? Is that? Oh uh, yes. Spot on hundred percent. Cause it was instilled in me, right? Was, yeah. God was instilled in me. Jesus being his son, uh, crucifixion, resurrection, all of that was instilled in me. I've always known it was true. So, yeah, I've always went back and forth. Um, even in the midst of addiction, I would still, I, I wouldn't necessarily pray, but I would know. I still knew God was real. And, uh, you know, I don't know how connected I was with the Holy Spirit when I was in the middle of all of that because I wasn't confessing. 
But um, he always protected me. And I knew, I knew that God was real, even through all of that, that, for sure. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, all of that goes to my parents, for sure. And the prayers that, that everybody was praying for me, protected me. So you mentioned like, you know, because of kind of your upbringing that 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 led you to not do things maybe just because you kind of felt like you had a set of values and lines you wouldn't cross. Right. For sure. What is there a particular moment like when you were in the pit? So if there's if there's an addict that's this listen to this, somebody that's struggling right now in the midst of your struggle before you really gave everything you had to Jesus, was there a moment that you could pinpoint where you were like, I know God was looking out for me. I know, I know God watched out for me in this circumstance, or I heard from him here at this point in my life. Any, any circumstance like that? Absolutely. Yeah. More than one, several. So, um, yeah, man, car accidents, uh, more than one. I mean, I had been awake for so long at one point. Um, I was at a friend's house left to go to another friend's house and she asked me she said are you sure you're okay to drive i said yeah i'm fine Hmm. i woke up driving um going down a steep hill um when i woke up i was going down i could just see trees in front of me and a sharp turn and there was no way i could do anything about it right so i just went over not necessarily a cliff but but somewhat of a, a drop off hit a hit a tree um landed in the passenger side floorboard, when I, if I had my seatbelt on, I probably would have died. Um, because when I looked back, the steering wheel was against the driver's side seat. So I would have been crushed. Um, I wasn't injured at all. I had a scrape on my leg. I got out of that. I was on the run from the cops at the time. I got out of that vehicle, grabbed my backpack and ran. God protected me. Without a doubt. Um, I did three years in a uh, close to three years in a um, a hard prison, uh, Northwest Penitentiary, which uh, was nicknamed the Thunderdome. Um, and I'm not just like some tough guy, you know, gangster dude. I'm from Mount Juliet, man. Just a regular dude. Grew up in a, a good home. Uh, can't fight a lick. And I'm in. Northwest Thunderdome Penitentiary Man. for years and had zero physical altercation. Really? That's not anything to do with me, man. That is God protect. Um the the, the the drugs I was using, um people 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 die, you know, they're dying. Yeah. They're dying now, they were dying then. And I never overdosed, not one time. Um God protected me, man, because I was doing the same things they were doing, the same exact things that these other people are doing right beside me and things you hear about today on the news um, and hear about, you know, from from everybody that, you know, it's a it's a epidemic that's um, that's going on. And uh, the Lord has just protected me time and time again, time and time again. So I'm grateful, grateful, yeah. man. That is such a that's such an interesting thing for for people to kind of hold on to. I mean, if you're listening to this today, and you know you you're, you're maybe you're maybe wondering where God is. You 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 maybe are are at a spot where you're you're questioning 
maybe maybe you're too far down the rabbit hole you think to 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 kind of come back out don't 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 ever don't ever miss the fact that you are breathing that there is life in your lungs and that because life is present there is still opportunity for god to intervene in your life right i mean it it, it just takes surrender right so so you 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 have this moment in in prison where you like completely transform it's a different day what was different about this moment when you when you gave your life to to Christ what was different about that that day? okay so um I was in jail and even though my I, I went through the men of valor program which is a year-long residential program very structured uh faith-based we're all about Jesus um and even though my dad started it, I still had to go through the process like everybody else. And that process is you write a letter, ask for an application, fill it out, send it back in. A man by the name of Tommy Mathis comes and visits you um, and does an interview. And he prayed with me and he gave me um, a Bible reading plan and a list of scripture to memorize. Hmm. And I did it. And I got serious about it. And I spent so much time over the next, that, I, I had been in six months already. I served 36 months exactly this time. I had been in six months. So the next two and a half years I spent committed to getting to know God and letting him come into my life. And just um, those, those two and a half years, what I needed. The Lord knew what I needed. He didn't put me in jail. I committed the crime. I did what I did, but he allowed it to happen. He kept me alive all those years. Man, he kept me alive all those years. And he, he brought Tommy, in, which I had known Tommy, right? He brought him into my life, and he the way he, he just prayed with me, and I broke down and um, recommitted because um, I, had, I had accepted Jesus at an early age, but um, recommitted. And that that moment, that moment, which was December 2018, I can't remember the exact day, but December 2018. That is awesome. Yeah, he really, he really came in. Sorry, started doing the work because I have, a, I have a close friend, a mentor of mine, and he says, we don't work for salvation, but once saved, there is work to do. Yeah, so, and that's I didn't good. know, I, I had not heard him say that at that time, but I hear him say it now and I repeat it. And that's Yeah, once I started putting the work in um, to get to know God and become a Christian and, 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 and you don't put work in to become a Christian, but you know, putting the work in to, to know Jesus and yeah. um, to, to God, God in the Gospels and started memorizing scripture and um, and then sharing my story with others. When I started doing those things, Jesus took a hold of me, took a hold of me, and I hadn't been any looking back. I, that, that is awesome. That's a great story. And, and, and really, you know, the word says that his strength is made perfect in our weakness, mm -hmm. right? But but for us to be weak and exhausted on anything, it means we've got to give it our best shot. Right. You know, it's like it's like I've tried everything. I've tried every other way. And, and I'm at my weakest point, And boom, that's when the strength of God comes in. Right. Uh, his his help, his deliverance, his power to keep us from from going back to old habits, to old struggles and and uh, old ways in our lives. If if you were to give advice to somebody today that's struggling. What would you say to them? So somebody listening right now, um, what would you say to them? They're struggling with addiction right now? Yes, sir. To not struggle alone. 
I would say everybody struggles and it's okay to struggle, but it's not okay to struggle alone. You got to find somebody that cares and talk about it. Got to get it out. I have to, I have to today, still today, I have to talk about everything that I'm, if I hold things in, when I hold things in, that's when I want to cover up the feelings. That's so good. getting those things out is vital. It's vital for me every single day, still today. And then um, just not holding things in. And, and 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 definitely the people you hang out with. But for people who are struggling right now, gotta find somebody to talk to and submit. It's all about submission and not trying to to run it on your own because it's impossible. We can't do it on our own. Can't do it on good. That's good. And you know, really, it's it's even more. I mean, that advice that you just gave is greater than addiction. It's no matter what you're struggling with today. You can't sure. do it alone. You got to have help, right? We don't struggle alone. Nobody struggles alone, right? Um, I mean, because we're 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 kind of God created us to be connected. So Absolutely. so we we think this this decision that I make only affects me, but it never does. It always affects somebody else, Everybody. right? And and so the only way we find help is to connect with others because because the word says right that. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We need to hear from each other how we've overcome, how God has come to our aid, how how God has helped so that, you know, I start to believe God could do that for me. As I look to him, maybe maybe he can help me, too. Right. Yeah. Um, and so if, if um, people that are struggling a lot of times, it's, it's with guilt, shame, regret, things like that, and not wanting to share them because they don't think for me, I didn't think anybody else would understand. I didn't think they'd be able to relate to what I was going through, yeah, but they can. Good. There that's are good. people out there, almost most people, they can relate. And they're not, I, I, I looked at the guilt and the shame I felt was always from the enemy. And I was, the, I looked at myself that way. Other people didn't look at me that way. If I came to them, people that cared and shared what I was struggling with, they would, they loved me. When I did it, they loved me and embraced me. They didn't kill me. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't put me to shame, which is what was going through my head, though. I can't talk to these people because they're gonna look at me like, man, I can't believe he's doing that. I can't believe he's that kind of person. But really, what they did was they were grateful that I came to them and then they they just embraced me. Those are those are the kind of people that God has blessed me with in my life. But those people, they're everywhere, they're around. And if, if somebody who's out there struggling right now doesn't know those people personally, man, get into a church because they are there. And also, I'm an advocate for AA and NA because those people are there, too. Those people are there, too. And the 12-step meetings, man, they're there. They're welcoming. They're wanting people to come in and share their story. They want people to come in and, and confess. Basically, is what it comes down to. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, a, a, a go-to scripture for you, you mentioned the guy, you know, was his name Tom? Tom kind of helped you memorize scripture. If you're, if you're in the thick of it, if you're tempted or, or, or you're thinking about your life, is there a go-to scripture for you? Oh, well, Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. So I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's right. Um, yeah. So I'm, and the life I now live, I live um, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. Yeah. It's not my life anymore. Christ lives in me. And um, through Christ, 
Only through Christ am I able to not sin. So I can live a life sinless. Do I? Absolutely not. Of course I still sin, but I strive for it. Strive for that perfection. Strive to be like Christ because in him it's possible to not sin. That's the only way. So Galatians 2.20. That's right. Well, And Paul said, right, uh, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press on towards the goal. I'm, uh, Yeah, to win the prize, right? That's it. That's another one. So Galatians 2.20 and then that one. Yeah, that's good. That, that. That's good. Yes, sir. So, so you 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 accepted Christ. How has life changed for you once you fully committed to Jesus? Right, you're um, you're not incarcerated anymore. Tell us what's going on in your life now. How is life better because of accepting Christ? <laughs> it's 180 degrees <laughs> different. I mean, complete turnaround, which is what repentance is, right? So, yeah, life is so good. Is it? My bad days are good. Um, there's just not that many of them. I have yeah. so much to be grateful for. So he's instilled in me this this sense of gratitude where everything I see, I know came from God. Everything I have, I know came from God. Um, a few things I got going on, you know, working full time in prison ministry, which is it's my calling. I feel like it's my calling, but I'm also in college. So I've started college and it's it's free. It's paid for. It's just a blessing, man. Um, so full-time ministry, one of the best things about this life, I shared this other day with some guys, obviously the assurance of eternity in heaven is number one. Number two is the trust that I've built back with people. People trust me. How about that? I have keys. So back in the day, you would not leave your keys around me. It wouldn't be a smart idea, right? Like just don't (laughs) leave them around me. Keys, wallets, whatever. Today I have a key to everything. Every family member's house, if I don't, then they'll leave it outside for me. I have a key to, to, to this whole, I'm in Minnevala right now. We have this we have this big campus where we hold 93 men. And I've got a, I've got a key that opens every door. So the trust and um, another thing, I'm reliable. So people know they can count on me. They That's know awesome. they can call me. I'm going to answer the phone. If they need me, I will be there. And all of that is only through Submission to Christ, man, and him just, man, he's he's he's, he's given me that. He's given yeah. it's a gift. It's a gift, and I, um, you know, I don't, I don't take, I don't take the glory for it. All the glory to God. But those things, man, assurance, assurance that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with God and with with, you know, everybody else up there. Um, the trust that I built and um, being reliable and dependable. I, yeah. I, um, I value those things, and that's that's. Those are the main things, how my life has changed. And then all the material stuff that's come with it, you know, uh, you know, the apartment and the, the, the car, all, all the material stuff that comes. Um, yeah, that stuff comes as well. So. But, you know, a lot of people and that, that is a, that is a great, great word, because a lot of people feel like they, they get in this cycle of even if I change, nobody's going to believe that I've changed. Even if I'm even if I'm different, my, my reputation is ruined. You know, you know, the word says that, that God gives us a hope and a future. If you accept Jesus Christ into your life, there is a future that can be set for you that has no bearing on your past. Right. I mean, you're you're living proof of that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the trust that's been that, that's that's now been given to you, how people yeah. see what God has done in your life. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the only one that holds anything in my past against me is myself. Yeah, that's true. I still, I still yeah. deal with 
regret and things like that. And I'm I'm 37, so I look back and I'm like, man, if I would have done this at 22 or whatever, yeah, um, I'm the only one. Yeah, I believe. Obviously, I can't read minds, but yeah, I'm the only one that that holds any any of my past against myself. And you know, the Lord's working me on me in that uh, in that regard as well. I have a I have a I have a friend. His name's Danny. Danny committed vehicular homicide when he was drunk one night. It's a horrible, tragic story. He went to prison, and um, um, he was a boxer, and and so you can just imagine in 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 his prison how difficult all of that was. But the cool thing today is he accepted Christ, and he is now he is now the chaplain in the same prison that he served all of his time in. That's how God but, works. Man. That's yeah. It's it right just there. so cool, man. It's so <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. That's how it uh, works. So, so tell us, tell us, you know, anybody that's curious, tell us, tell us about men of valor and what is that? Uh, tell us what your organization does. Okay. So we're, a, um, we're a discipleship Academy. Um, and we call it that because our goal is to lead people to Christ. And if they're already a Christian, we help guide them on that journey. Um, we're not a halfway house. We're not a transitional living place. We do um, for the majority, for the for the most part, we only accept people coming straight out of prison. So um, men coming out of prison, um, they come here. It's a year long program. Um, and the first 30 days is um, very structured, strict um, classes, five days a week, all biblical. But we also teach. Um, we help we help guys with finances and how to make a budget. Um, we have some nutrition um, classes. We try to get them into fitness, any type of thing, you know, just to get the body moving. And because um, a lot of most of the guys is, have, have, have had drug issues and alcohol issues, so they've been hard on their bodies. So mind, mind, body, spirit, right? So we uh, we incorporate all of those things, and then we the difference between us and a lot of other places is we um we take away the things that are tough for men when they get out of prison the reason why men go back to prison is because they get out they can't find a job yeah um if they can find a job they might not have transportation to get there uh they don't have a safe place to go back and live to most people weren't most people that went to prison they weren't raised like i was so going back to that environment they came from is putting them right back in uh, an environment where they're going to do the same things they used to do. And then if they can't get to work, they got to make some money some type of way. So they're going to go back to committing crime, whatever that might look like. So what we do is we take away all that footwork. We get them a job. We have transportation to and from that job for an entire year. Um, we have very inexpensive uh, housing, um, very inexpensive where men can come here Um they, they they work hard and if they if they pay attention to the finance classes then they can they can save money and after a year the goal is to prepare them to to go out and you know live on their own um once they graduate if they graduate and complete a full year we're partnered with a company called freeman web properties they allow men of valor graduates to move in they have um somewhere between 60 and 70 apartment complexes in middle tennessee well not all middle tennessee the majority of them are in middle tennessee where they waive the background check, they waive the credit check. So these men who have multiple felonies um, have, have have never worked on their credit ever are able to get into an apartment. So um, awesome. the resources, man, God has blessed us with are just they're you can't even name them all. They just go on and on and on. So the the 
I think what works is because um, we put Christ first. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's men. A, a lot of staff here has is is products of the of the ministry. So they've yeah. went through the program. So it's the proof is in the pudding, right? So yeah. like I work here now. So I get these guys. They come in. I'm one of the first people they see. I do orientation with them, and I let them know. Hey, look, man, I went through this program. I'm proof that it works. It it works. So we know how. We've men and valor's been around 26 years now. And um, we know how to transition men from prison into society successfully. So when they come here and listen, they don't go back. The recidivism rate in Tennessee is somewhere, I don't want to get my stats wrong, but it's somewhere around 80%, which means men are going to re-offend. They're going to go back to prison. About 80% of men, they get out of prison in Tennessee, go back. When they graduate men of valor, it kind of reverses. It's about 15 or 20%. And, and 80, 85% stay out. Okay, man, that's a big difference. That's a big transformation. That is awesome. That's awesome, man. Blessed to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, listen, if, if, if somebody uh, wanted to connect with you, is there a way they could connect with you? Absolutely. So me personally or Men of Valor? Yeah, either one, however you'd like to handle that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pass my email out, um, All right. which is philip at movministry.com. Philip with one L at movministry.com. They can uh, connect directly to me. If somebody's listening to this who has a family member or a friend that's incarcerated, um, they can write a letter to us and ask for an application if they're interested in coming. Um, and the address is 504 Valor Way. It's Antioch, Tennessee, 37013. That's so just awesome. write, a, write, a, write a letter, ask for an application if they're incarcerated. And if not, shoot me an email. Definitely. Awesome. Always, awesome. always looking forward to, to, to networking, uh, interacting with new people. Anybody has any questions, send them our way. That's that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being a part of uh, of this this edition of the Tragedy in the Tribe podcast. For everybody, as we kind of land the plane here, Everybody in the Nashville area, May 1, 2, and 3, man, you want to come to Nashville First Church of the Nazarene over there on Woodland Street. I believe it's 510 Woodland Street, right? I've seen that yes, address sir. so many times. And, That's uh, it. Man, man, 7 o'clock. Yes, sir. That, 7 o'clock every night, Jonathan Kane from Journey, uh, the guy who helped write Don't Stop Believing and Open Arms and Faithfully is going to share his real-life story of tragedy and the triumph, how he found Christ. The next night, Montel and Christian, Kristen Jordan, Montel's the guy that, uh, that's saying, this is how we do it. He's going to be there. And then on the third, Brian Head Welch uh, from, from the rock group Corn is going to be there to share his real life story of how God has dramatically changed his life. Here's, here's the point of, uh, as we kind of land the plane again, here's the point of all of this. There is hope for your life no matter where you are. And it's only found in Jesus. So may you look to him in all things. God bless each of you.